بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونعوذ بالله من شرور انفسنا ومن سيئات اعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له واشهد ان لا اله الا الله وحده لا شريك له واشهد ان محمدا عبده ورسوله اما بعد فان احسن الكلام كلام الله وخير الهدى هدى محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم وان شر الامور محدثاتها وكل محدثه بدعه وكل بدعه ضلاله وكل ضلاله في النار uh, so today we start a new uh, topic or new lecture from the lectures of Sheikh Ubaid bin Abdullah Al-Jabri hafizahullah ta'ala and so today we have uh, two short lectures and the first of them is an ayah in the Quran uh, which speaks of how a person acquires the company of the best of the people of the prophets of the uh, you know the, the truthful people the martyrs the righteous people that's the first ayah uh, that the sheikh hafizullah gives us a brief commentary upon <coughs> and the second text is the famous hadith of the messenger of allah sallallahu alaihi wasallam hadith qudsi uh, in which allah azawajal mentions the qualities and the traits of his awliya the wali of allah who is the friend the pious friend of allah and how does one become a wali a pious friend of allah azawajal so these are the two topics inshallah ta'ala <coughs> that uh, we'll be we'll, we'll be looking at today and so as for the first sharh qawlihi ta'ala wa man yuti'i allah wa rasul فَأُولَٰئِكَ مَعَ الَّذِينَ أَنْعَمَ اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِمْ This is a chapter heading. An explanation of the statement, of his statement, Allah's statement, whoever obeys Allah and the Messenger, then they are the ones who are with those whom Allah has bestowed his favor upon. Right? So that's the, the chapter heading. Uh, so the shaykh begins after praising Allah. Uh, and sending salat and salam upon our prophet Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam he says in the decisive uh, parts of the book of uh, uh, of the noble book allah azawajal who is al-haqq who is the truth he says woman yuti'i allah war rasul faulaika ma'al ladhina an'ama allah alayhim min an-nabiyyin was-siddiqin so this verse is in Surah An-Nisa, the fourth chapter, verse number uh, 69. And here Allah he says, Whoever obeys Allah and the Messenger, they are with those upon whom Allah has bestowed His favor. From the prophets and nabiyyin, was siddiqin from those who are truthful, the truthful, was shuhada, the martyrs, was salihin, the righteous, wahasuna ulaika rafiqa, and what an excellent company, what an excellent company, they are. So the Sheikh begins by saying. That within this verse, في هذه الآية تسلية عظيمة 
لكل مسلم ومسلمة من الله عليه لكل مسلم ومسلمة من الله عليه بالسنة. So he says in this ayah is a tremendous consolation, a tremendous consolation for every Muslim male and every Muslim female upon whom Allah has bestowed the favor of following the sunnah. Right? So every Muslim man, every Muslim woman, male, female, who follows the Prophet's sunnah, who follows the Prophet's way, within this verse is a consolation. Right? Consolation meaning to, to support and to strengthen, you know. Um, and the Shaykh continues, this is when a person, حِينَمَا يَرَى وَيَسْتَوْهِشْ وَيَحِسُّ بِالْغُرْبَةِ لِكَثْرَةِ مُخَالِفِيهِ وَقِلَّةِ مُوَافِقِيهِ Right? Because sometimes a person, he sees that he feels like strange, he feels out of place, and uh, he feels, he can perceive like the strangeness. Because, why? Because there are so many people who are opposers. The opposers are many, meaning the opposers to the sunnah of the Prophet ﷺ, who oppose his sunnah, right? They are, they are very many. And he can perceive and he can feel that. And he can also see that there are very small numbers who actually agree with him upon the Prophet's sunnah, right? So because of this, a person naturally, he feels lonely, he or she feels by himself, um, and so this this feeling of al ghurba al ghurba right this strangeness being a stranger amongst the people a person can feel this a muslim man a muslim woman who follows the sunnah he will often he will have this feeling and the shaykh continues and he says wa idahu dhalikum anna hadha al mustawhish لَمَّا ذَكَرَ مِنْ قِلَّةِ الرَّفِيقِ فِي الطَّرِيقِ الَّذِي مَنَّ اللَّهُ عَلِيهِ بِسُلُوكِهِ يَتَذَكَّرْ أَنَّ رِفَاقَهُ أَرْبَعَةً So the Shaykh says that the one who feels estranged, right? The one who feels uh, as if he's out of place and strange. When, when he remembers that he has very few companions on this path, that he is following, which Allah has given him the favor and the bounty to follow this path, he will then remember, when he, when he reads this verse, he will then remember that he has four categories of people who are his actual companions, right? They are his actual companions. And these four, they are the best of the servants of Allah, in every place and in every time. There are four categories. So when he remembers, so when he's in his town, when he's in his city, when he when he you know, even if he's in his country, because there are countries, whole countries where the, where to follow the Sunnah is very strange. Right? So for example you have you know countries in maybe let's say the former Russian communist kind of uh, areas, right? Where they kind of obliterated a religion for many, many decades in the 20th century. But slowly, you know, the sunnah has found its way there. But still the people are very, very small in number. 
And so they feel strange, right? They feel strange amongst the other Muslims because many of those people are upon Sufism, they're upon other things like that. And just generally in the society as well, right? And this situation you find throughout the world in various places until even where there are majority Muslim populations, right? You find people there who are, you know, following the Sunnah, they're upon Tawheed, they're upon the Sunnah, in an ocean of misguidance, right? In an ocean of different sects and b- beliefs and doctrines. And, and so they, they, they feel very, very strange. And so when they remember that the true company is the company of those people who are upon the same path, the same doctrine, the same belief, the same methodology, and you remember who, the, who those people are, then this strangeness, this ghurba, this you know feeling strange and out of place, it disappears, it goes. And a person's resolve, as the Sheikh mentions, a person's resolve, his determination is thereby strengthened. And you know he, he feels uh, stronger. So he then goes on to explain each of these four categories. The first category, as al awwal al-Nabiyun, عَلَيْهِمُ الصَّلَاةُ وَالسَّلَامُ فَمَا مِنْ نَبِيٍ إِلَّا وَلَهُ إِلَّا وَلَهُ أَتْبَاعٌ وَمُخَالِفُونَ وَالْمُخَالِفُونَ أَكْثَرٌ So the first category are the prophets عَلَيْهِمُ الصَّلَاةُ وَالسَّلَامُ And we know that there is no prophet except that he has followers. Every prophet, like as a general principle, every prophet had followers. With, the, with some rare exceptions who, who had no followers, but in general, all the prophets had, had followers. However, the opposers, the opposers to the, to the prophets and messengers were actually greater in number. Right? So, so even the prophet and those with him, often in, in the initial part of the message, and even to the end part of the message, they were fewer in number than those who, who rejected them and who didn't believe. So even they would feel, you know, this, uh, this, this strangeness. Anyway, that's the first category of those whom we connect to and we feel connected to and f- we feel their company. The second, الثاني, السديقون, جمعوا صديق, وهو المبالغ في الصدق والتصديق, لم يخالط which means the second category are the truthful ones. As-Siddiq. As-Siddiq. And the word As-Siddiq, you know, you have Sadiq, the one who is truthful, but As-Siddiq is the one who is, you know, is a uh, very, very strong in his truthfulness and in accepting the truth. Alright, this is the meaning of as-siddiq. As-siddiq. This is like an emphatic form, an emphasis that this person who is described as as-siddiq, he is extremely truthful and he's also, he, uh, he, he accepts the truth. He's accepting of the truth. And of course, this is the title given to Abu Bakr. Abu Bakr as-Siddiq radiyallahu anhu. So this, this person, as-Siddiqun, he's the one whom in his heart, 
there is no doubt whatsoever that he is upon the truth. Right? A Siddiq, he's firmly upon the truth. He's truthful himself and he's accepting of the truth. And I, I guess the, the best example of this from Abu Bakr himself, radiallahu anhu, is that when the Messenger of Allah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam went upon Al-Isra wal-Mi'raj, and um, uh, the, the, the pagans and the polytheists, when they heard of this, they began to mock, and they began to ridicule, and then they came across uh, Abu Bakr radiallahu anhu, and they said, your companion, you know, he claims that he traveled through the night, and he went to, you know, Al-Bayt uh, al-Maqdis, and he ascended the, the heaven, and he came back, and they were basically mocking him. And Abu Bakr said, well, if that's what he said, then I believe, you know, I believe that he, he is the truthful, and I believe exactly in, in what he said, right? So Abu Bakr is, radiallahu anhu, is accepting of the truth. Truthful himself, and accepting of the truth. And this is a siddiq and he has no doubt that he is upon the truth in accepting those things. So this now is the second category of people, which if you obey Allah, and you obey the messenger, and you follow his sunnah, and you remain upon istiqamah, then irrespective of, you know, all the people who oppose you and abandon you, these are, this is your company. This is your company, a better company. The third category, al-shuhada, jam'u shaheed, which which is uh, martyrs, and the Sheikh says, "Hum kullu man mada fi sabilillah, Subhanahu wa Taala, the one who basically he traverses and remains upon uh, the path of Allah, and." You know, he basically makes jihad of truth, of, of, of haq and sidq, of truthfulness. And he makes jihad upon, or for the sake of Islam and the sunnah. Right? So this is the martyr. The martyr uh, is the one who passed away. He died whilst on the path of Allah, making jihad for the sake of the truth and for Islam and for the sunnah. So this will be a third category of a third category of companionship. The fourth category mentioned in this verse is uh, are basically the salihun, as-salihun, jama'u salih. Wa huwa kullu man jama'a Allahu lahu fi 'amalihi bayna al-ikhlas lillah wal-muta'ati li-rasulih sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. As-salih, the righteous one, is every person for whom Allah has, you know, aided him and supported him in combining between being sincere to Allah and following his messenger, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Right? So if you are sincere in your worship of Allah and you also follow the sunnah of the messenger of Allah, then you are from among the righteous people. You are from among the righteous people. And uh, and they are the ones, um, as the Shaykh says, وَأُولَٰئِكُمْ عَنِيَ الصَّالِحِينَ هُمُ النَّائِلُونَ قُبُولَ أَعْمَالِهِمْ عِنْدَ اللَّهِ Subhanahu wa ta'ala. 
the righteous people are the ones who basically they acquire the acceptance of their actions with Allah Right? This is the righteous person whose action is acceptable to Allah. Allah accepts that action. And um, obviously as the, as the people of knowledge explain that being righteous doesn't mean that you are, have to be free from sin. Right? Because nobody is free of sin. Nobody can be free of sin. And even if you are someone who falls into a major sin, but you repent and you make tawbah to Allah, and you resolve not to fall back into it again, right? You are still counted amongst the, the righteous, right? So being righteous does not mean being uh, infallible and completely free of sin and, you know, thing, things, things of that nature. So after mentioning these four categories, that these, when you, when you feel alone and whether that's in terms of bid'ah, you know, innovation, misguidance, deviation, right? The society around you is upon false beliefs, false ideologies, false methodologies, right? Or whether it's in terms of just uh, sin and disobedience, like you see corruption and you see much uh, corruption in, in character and, and th- you know, vices like cheating and lying and, and shameful deeds and munkar and things like that. Either, either of the, 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 you know, these things or the, the two things combined, then you remember that these four categories, the prophets, uh, the uh, truthful ones, the martyrs, and the righteous, they are the most excellent of company. And here the Sheikh goes on to mention a number of uh, citations. First of them is from one of the imams of the Salaf, Al-Fudail, Al-Fudail bin Iyad, Rahimahullah ta'ala. And obviously this is, 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 fits in with, with the verse who said, Alika bituruqil huda. Wala yadurruka, wala yadurruka, kilatus salikin. Wa iyaka wa turukud dalala. Wala tagtarra bikathratil halikin. So he said, Upon you, is to be upon the paths of guidance. Be upon the paths of guidance. And the small number of followers will not harm you. So if you remain upon the paths of guidance, then the fact that there are only small numbers of people following those paths, that, that's not going to harm you. And beware of the paths of misguidance. And do not be deceived by the abundance of those who perish. The abundance of those who perish, right? So beware of, you know, when you see huge numbers or the majority or, you know, uh, large numbers of people upon misguidance, the large numbers are not proof that they are upon the truth. Right? So don't be deceived by the fact that there are so many people who basically, you know, who perish. It's not a proof of anything. And the second piece of advice that the Shaykh brings is from the Shaykh and Imam Muhammad bin Abdul Wahhab ta'ala. And he mentioned uh, hadith when on the uh, or, or, or when, when, when the Messenger of Allah 
it was presented to him, he was made to see that, like he said, رَأَيْتُ النَّبِيُّ وَمَعَهُ الرَّحْطَ وَفِي رِوَايَةِ الرُّحِيطِ وَالنَّبِيُّ وَمَعَهُ الرَّجُلُ وَالرَّجُلَانِ وَالنَّبِيُّ لَيْسَ مَعَهُ أَحَدٌ So he is the messenger of the Sun describing how he saw Prophet having like a small group, like a group, and then, or even like a smaller group, and then another prophet only having one man as a follower, and another prophet having two men as a, as followers, and another prophet having nobody with him at all. Right. So Sheikh Al Islam Muhammad bin Abdul he mentioned this hadith, and one of the benefits. He derived from this hadith is he said, "Thamratu هذا العلم وهو عدم الاغترار بالكثرة وعدم الزهد في القلة." He said, "From the fruits of this knowledge, meaning that when we learn, when we learn that on the day of judgment, on the day of judgment, there will be a prophet having no followers." And a prophet having one follower, and a prophet having two followers, and a prophet having a small group. When we when we learn of this from the fruits of of knowing this about the day of judgment, is that we will not be deceived by large numbers just because everybody is following, you know, a belief, or upon an act of worship, or upon a methodology, or upon whatever it might be. We are not deceived by numbers. Numbers do not deceive, and likewise, when we see only small numbers of people, we only find al-qilla, right? We should not uh, abstain and refrain from where there are small numbers of people, right? Because this is not a criterion of truth. This is not a criterion of truth, and there are many, many examples, you know, in history, in both the religion and also even the world as well. Where the majority is upon basically misguidance, they're upon error uh, in, in 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 these affairs, and uh, this is the situation that you find, unfortunately, in many many uh, of, of the Muslim countries as well, uh, where you see grave worship, you know, uh, people flocking to the graves to seek assistance from the dead, and you know this situation has arisen over centuries and centuries of erroneous. Uh, beliefs and erroneous, you know, ideas creeping in uh, among the Muslims. Yet they consider it to be, obviously, the truth. And the people who, you know, are the people of Tawheed, they are very, very small in number. Likewise, in other countries, you might find that wholesale in the whole country, they are upon the the madhab of uh, Ahlul Kalam, the people of Kalam, and so they deny the attributes or they make ta'wil of the attributes and. You know, if you if you were to speak with what the Sahaba spoke with, what the Salaf spoke with, you would be seen as an outcast, right? This situation exists today. You 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 can find yourself in these types of situations in you know in many of the uh, Muslim lands, and this even happens even in in the worldly sense, you know, in in the affairs of the world, in in the kind of sciences of the world as well. This also happens likewise, where the majority. Are upon something false. So the point being, this principle you can clearly see established in the verse, 
in the verse and in the uh, hadith of the Messenger of Allah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam and likewise in the statement of Al-Fudayl bin Iyad rahimahullah that we are not deceived by what the majority are upon. Right? We're not deceived by them and nor, uh, nor do we abstain from the, 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 you know, where we find the minority or small numbers. Because, as the Sheikh says, أَقُولْ لِأَنَّ الْعِبْرَةِ بِإِصَابَةِ الْحَقِّ Because what is, what, is, what is the thing that we look at? The thing that we look at is the truth. Right? Is what this person is upon, is it the truth? Right? And, as the Sheikh says, وَالسَّيْرْ عَلَيْهِ And traversing upon the truth, فَمَنْ كَانَ عَلَى الْحَقِّ فَهُمْ خَاسَةُ اللَّهِ وَرُسُلُهُ عَلَيْهِمُ الصَّلَاةُ وَالسَّلَامُ وَإِنْ كَانَ رَجُلًا وَاحِدًا So whoever is upon the truth, then they are the, the, the special, uh, you know, the, 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 the khasa, the special ones of Allah, His messengers, alayhi salatu wasalam, even if it is a single man. And as for the opposers, وَأَمَّا الْمُخَالِفُونَ لِلْحَقِّ وَإِنْ كَانُوا بِالْمَلَايِينَ فَلَا عِبْرَةَ بِكَثْرَتِهِمْ And as for the opposers, even if they are in the millions, the ones who oppose the truth, even if they are in the millions, there is no consideration given to their number. Right? No consideration is given to their number. So the Shaykh goes on to say, Whoever looks, Whoever looks at the affairs of the Muslims, he will see that they are the fewest in number. Right? Meaning today, Muslims compared to non-Muslims. And obviously we know this is true. Because uh, there's a total of, let's say, 8 billion people approximately on the earth today, 8 billion. And the Muslims are, approx- are approximately, maybe reaching a quarter of that. A quarter of that number. So among the people of the earth, the Muslims are the smallest, uh, a few in number. And... You know, in relation to the people of disbelief. And likewise the Shaykh says, وَالنَّاذِرْ إِلَىٰ أَهْلِ السُنَّةِ فِي الْمُنْتَسِبِينَ لِلْإِسْلَامِ يَجِدْهُمْ أَقَلُّ الْمُسْلِمِينَ And likewise, one who looks at the people of the Sunnah, right, those who adhere to the Sunnah, you will find that among all the people who ascribe to Islam, you find that the people of the Sunnah are the fewest, are the fewest in number. So this brings us to the end of this brief commentary uh, of, of this ayah in the Qur'an, the ayah in Surah An-Nisa, uh, وَمَنْ يُتِئَ اللَّهَ وَالرَّسُولُ Whoever obeys Allah and the Messenger, فَأُولَٰئِكَ مَعَ الَّذِينَ أَنْعَمَ اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِمْ مِنَ النَّبِيِّينَ وَالصِّدِّكِينَ وَالشُّهُدَاءَ وَالصَّالِهِينَ وَحَسُونَ أُولَٰئِكَ رَفِيقًا Right? So obedience to Allah, obedience to the Messenger, earns you the company Right, the company. So you perceive the company in this life, and of course you will have the company in the next life as well. Of, of those whom Allah has bestowed His favor from the prophets, the truthful ones, the martyrs, and the righteous, and what an excellent company that is. Now I want to finish that uh, this uh, commentary of Sheikh Obeid with some a uh, speech from Ibn al-Qayyim, rahimahullah, which basically it, it adds to uh, this verse. And this is in his book, uh, Madarjus Salikin. 
And here he's speaking about the hadith, بَدَأَ الْإِسْلَامُ غَرِيبًا وَسَيَعُودُ غَرِيبًا كَمَا بَدَأَ فَطُوبَ لِلْغُرَبًا The Messenger said, Islam began as something strange. Islam was considered to be something strange. Right? So, you know, in the society of, of grave worship, idol worship, uh, drinking of alcohol, falling into all, type, all types of evils and shameful deeds, and, you know, all the evils, the Messenger of Islam, he called to singling out worship, uh, singling out Allah in worship, and to righteousness and to piety and to good conduct and so this seemed as something you know weird and strange and you know uh, and so the messenger said that Islam began like this and it will return again just like it began it will return to being something strange so the companion said woman woman who are the strangers who are the strangers O Messenger of Allah. And he said, الَّذِينَ يُحْيُونَ سُنَّتِي وَيَعْمَلُونَهَا وَيُعَلِّمُونَهَا النَّاسِ He said, those who revive my sunnah and who teach it to the people. And there are some other uh, uh, authentic uh, variations. Uh, you know, those who, those who rectify when the people have become corrupt. Right? So there's different uh, reports. So upon this, Ibn al-Qayyim rahimahullah, and he says, um, he comments and he says, those are the al-ghurba, al-mamduhun, al-maghbutun, walikillatihim finnas, jiddan, summu ghurba. These other people are the ones who are praised, they are to be envied. And because they are so few among the people, this is why they have been called ghuraba. Ghuraba meaning strangers. And because most of the people are not upon these attributes, right? They don't have the qualities of the ghuraba. Ghuraba are the ones who revive the sunnah. They revive the sunnah. They teach it to the people. They teach it to the people. And like we see in other variations of this report, uh, they they uh, they they rectify in the fasadin nas when the people have become corrupt, right? So these are the traits of the ghuraba. Most people do not have these qualities. And then Ibn Al Qayyim says, "فَأَهْلُ الْإِسْلَامِ فِي النَّاسِ غُرَبَ وَالْمُؤْمِنُونَ فِي أَهْلِ الْإِسْلَامِ غُرَبَ." وَأَهْلُ الْعِلْمِ فِي الْمُؤْمِنِينَ غُرَبًا Right, so he says the people of Islam amongst all the people are strangers, right? So Muslims are strangers among the people of the earth. We are strangers, right? Oh, because we single out a line worship, we do not drink, we do not gamble, we do not fornicate, we do not take usury. You know, the... the the Muslims who adhere to that are Muslims in general because these are the symbols of our religion. We are strangers amongst the people because amongst the people of the earth you find all of this evil and this corruption, shirk, right? And, and all of these vices and these evils, right? Consumption of alcohol, fornication and, and you know, all these things. We, you don't find that amongst the people of Islam. So the people of Islam amongst all of the people of the earth, they are strangers. And the believers... 
the people of Iman who have Iman, inward, true, genuine Iman, and they also have faith, you know, like they have strong faith, they have faith, they are strangers amongst the people of Islam. And then amongst the believers, amongst the people of Iman who, who have, you know, Iman, um, as opposed to the hypocrites and amongst and, 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 and as opposed to the weak believers, right? Meaning the, 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 the believers, then the people of knowledge, the Ahlul Ilm, the people of knowledge among the believers, they also are strangers, right? And then he says, وَأَهْلُ السُنَّةِ الَّذِينَ يُمَيِّزُونَهَا مِنَ الْأَهْوَاءِ وَالْبِدَعِ فَهُمْ غُرَبًا Right? So then he says that Ahlul Sunnah, those who distinguish the Sunnah, they distinguish the Sunnah from desires and innovations. Right? So we know that there are people who are upon the Sunnah, but amongst them are those who actively they distinguish the Sunnah from Bid'ah, from innovation, from deviation. Right? Who actively go out there. And they do this. And Ibn al-Qayyim says, they are strangers. Right? So look at the sequence. Right? Amongst all the people of the earth, the people of Islam are strangers. Right? This is on account of Islam. Amongst the people of Islam, there are those who are characterized with, with Iman. Right? And they are strangers amongst the people of Islam. And amongst the, the believers... There, those who actually have knowledge, the people of ilm, the people of knowledge, they are strangers amongst the believers, right? Then amongst the people of knowledge, the people of ilm, ahlul ilm, there are those who actively distinguish the sunnah from the bid'ah, right? So obviously, we know from history, we know names of, of great scholars, like, you know, Imam Malik and Imam Shafi'i, Imam Ahmed, right? Uh, we know names of all the scholars through all the ages, and, and you know, Sheikh Al-Islam Ibn Taymiyyah, rahimahullah, all the way through till we reach the modern era, Sheikh Al-Albani, rahimahullah, right? So we know that there are there are people of knowledge who actively distinguish um, sunnah from what is deviation, what is bid'ah. So he says, فَهُمْ غُرَبَا They are now strangers, right? The ones who distinguish. Then he said, وَدَّعُونَ إِلَيْهَا الصابرون على أذى المخالفين مخالفين لهم الشد هؤلاء غربة and as for those who then call to it right so not only do they distinguish between sunnah and bid'ah now they actively call to it and they are patient in the face of all of the harms that come to them right because you're gonna you're gonna come uh, you're gonna face harms from from people who don't like what you're saying who don't like the truth that you are speaking, who don't like the fact that their innovation is being exposed and shown to be, you know, in opposition to what the Messenger of Allah came with. He says, uh, um, uh, they, uh, they are more severe in their strangeness. Right? In their strangeness. He says, وَلَكِنْ هَؤُلَاءِ هُمْ أَهْلُ اللَّهِ حَقًّا He says, however... These ones here, they are the people of Allah in truth. And there's no, there's no, they are not really strange. Like, they are not strangers in reality. 
They are only strangers amongst the majority. Right? The majority who are misguided, they are only strangers in relation to them, to those people. Though they in and of themselves are not strangers in reality. Right? So he says, وَإِنَّمَا غُرْبَتُهُمْ بَيْنَ الْأَكْثَرِينَ الَّذِينَ قَالَ اللَّهُ فِيهِمْ وَإِن تُطِعْ أَكْثَرَ مَنْ فِي الْأَرْضِ يُضِلُّوكَ عَنْ سَبِيلِ اللَّهِ that these people, these, you know, the ones who clarify the sunnah, uh, call to the sunnah, have patience upon all the harms, they are only strangers amongst the people about whom Allah said, if you were to obey most of those who are upon the earth, they will misguide you from his path. Right? Statement of Allah Surah Al-An'am, Surah 6, verse 116. Surah 6, verse 116. That if you were to follow the majority of the people of, uh, of the earth, they will mislead you, misguide you away from the path of Allah. So Ibn al-Qayyim continues, فَأُولَٰئِكَ هُمُ الْغُرَبَاءِ uh, they, they are the ones who are the strangers. And um, their strangeness is a very, it's like a... Uh, it is something that makes you very, very strange amongst the people, right? The people see you as weird, as an outcast, and it, it makes you have a, a, a very severe type of strangeness from the people. Um, so this is the end of what Ibn al-Qayyim has said, rahimahullah. And as you can see, um, it is a perfect complement to the statement of Al-Fudayl bin Iyad, and likewise to the hadith of the Messenger of Allah Wasallam about prophets not having any followers, or one follower, or two followers, and likewise the verse itself. So, this means that obviously we might feel small in number, we might feel lonely, like for example, we are in this country of you know, 60, 60 million people, let's say, 65, 66 million, and Muslims are only at the most maybe 2 million, there are maybe two million Muslims, uh, I guess, in this country, maybe more, two and a half. And so amongst all of those Muslims, the people of the Sunnah, right? People who are upon the way of the Salaf. Maybe there are many, many thousands, you know, I, I can't really say, you know, definitely many, many thousands, you know, maybe ten, you know, I, I can't really say, I don't know. Um, so you can see that this situation is there, and obviously... This uh, statement of Allah Azza wa in the Qur'an and what we've heard, it gives us a consolation. As Shaykh Ubaid said, azima. This is like a mighty consolation that you, that you know that you have uh, company which is the best of company. Uh, you will be with them inshallah ta'ala in the hereafter. And even when you are alone, these are the people that you remember, the prophets, the righteous, the martyrs, the, the, you know, the, uh, the truthful people. And you, you, your, your determination is made strong by remembering those types of people. So anyway, that's, that's the first uh, kind of short lecture that the Shaykh gave. We'll move to the second short lecture. And so this is the hadith, the famous hadith, Hadith Qudsi, مَنْ عَادَ لِي وَلِيًّا فَقَدْ آذَنْتُهُ بِالْحَرْبِ So this is the hadith related by Al-Bukhari. It is Sahih from the hadith of Abu Huraira, radiyallahu anhu, who said, قَالَ رَسُولُ اللَّهِ صلى الله عليه وسلم إن الله قال 
that the messenger of Allah said that Allah said, right? So this is a hadith Qudsi. Allah said, "Man adali waliyan faqad adantuhu bil harb." Whoever shows enmity to a wali, to a wali of mine, right? To a pious friend of mine, then I have announced war. I announce war to him. I announce war, I declare war upon him. وَمَا تَقَرَّبَ إِلَيَّ عَبْدِي بِشَيْءٍ أَحَبَّ إِلَيَّ مِمَّا افْتَرَدْتُ عَلِيهِ And my servant does not come close to me with anything more beloved to me than that which I have made obligatory upon him. So this is the first thing by which you become closer to Allah, right? That which is obligatory. وَمَا يَزَالُ عَبْدِي يَتَقَرَّبُ إِلِيَّ بِالنَّوَافِلِ حَتَّى أُحِبَّهُ And my servant does not cease to, to keep coming closer to me by way of the nawafil, by way of the voluntary deeds, that which is nafil. So in other words, you keep coming closer to Allah by the nawafil, حَتَّى أُحِبَّهُ Until I come to love him. So this is how you earn the love of Allah, right? It is wajib and mustahab, right? That which is obligatory, that which is uh, from, the, from the nawafil. And then he says, فَإِذَا أَحْبَبْتُهُ When I love him, كُنْتُ سَمْعَهُ الَّذِي يَسْمَعُ بِهِ I become the hearing with which he hears. وَبَسَرَهُ الَّذِي يُبْصِرُ بِهِ And the sight with which he sees. وَيَدَهُ الَّتِي يَبْطِشُ بِهَا And the hand with which he strikes. وَرِجْلَهُ الَّتِي يَمْشِي بِهَا And the, 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 the foot with which he walks. وَإِن سَأَلَنِي لَأُعْطِيَنَّهِ If he was to ask me, I would most certainly give him. وَلَإِنِ اسْتَعَاذَنِي لَأُعِيذَنَّهِ If he was to seek refuge in me, I would most certainly give him refuge. وَمَا تَرَدَّدْتُ عَنْ شَيْءٍ أَنَا فَاعِلُهُ تَرَدُّدِي عَنْ نَفْسِ الْمُؤْمِنِ يَكْرَهُ الْمَوْتِ وَأَنَا أَكْرَهُ مَسَاءَتَهُ And I do not hesitate, I do not hesitate from anything which I do like my hesitation from taking the soul of a believer. He dislikes death and I dislike harming him. In other words, the thing that Allah hesitates most in doing is taking the soul of a believer. Because he knows the believer dislikes to go through the experience of death. And so, and Allah does not like to, you know, he dislikes harming the believer. This, as the Shaykh says, هَذَا حَدِيثٌ عَظِيمٌ This is a mighty hadith. Uh, it has many, many, فِيهِ جُمْلَةٌ مِنَ الْفَوَائِدِ وَالْقَوَائِدِ It has many, many benefits we can take from this. It has many, many principles we can take from this. You know, which, which every Muslim man and woman should be aware of. However, the Shaykh is going to just give us three kind of uh, quick benefits because there are so many things that can be taken uh, from this hadith. But for the sake of brevity, the Shaykh has you know, given uh, three simple uh, points. So the first of them, the first of them, first benefit that we take is التحذير من الوقوع في عباد الله وأذيتهم 
be ghayri maktasabu. The first of them is to beware of harming the servants of Allah. Beware of harming the servants of Allah. Because in the hadith, Allah, in this hadith Qudsi, Allah he said, مَنْ عَادَ لِي وَلِيًّا فَقَدْ آذَنْتُهُ بِالْحَرْبِ Whoever shows enmity to a wali of mine, I will announce war upon him. This shows the danger of, you know, harming and attacking the servants of Allah and bringing harm to them on account of things that they haven't done. That they haven't done. Harming for things that they haven't, haven't earned or done. And the Shaykh says that here Allah has promised the one who lets loose his tongue upon the servants of Allah that he has been promised with war from Allah. It's a war from Allah. And whomever Allah wages a war against, then he obviously he is going to be subdued and he his outcome will be evil in this life and the next. And of course, as you've already seen, we've already seen in the previous lecture, we were speaking about, you know, um, strangeness and how the people of the sunnah are very strange and how the people of knowledge who separate sunnah from bid'ah and when they call the people to the sunnah, how people harm them and abuse them. And there are many, many examples of this, you know, in history, Imam Ahmed, for example, you know, when he... Uh, stood to defend the issue of the Qur'an being the speech of Allah and how the Mu'tazila and all the heads of innovation, right? Uh, uh, Bishr al-Marisi, Ibn Abi Du'ad and many of these heads of innovators they came and they, they basically uh, abused him, reviled him, spoke ill of him, uh, spoke Ill of him uh, incited the rulers against him and so on and so forth. And at the end of that, who was victorious? It was Imam Ahmed, rahimahullah, and he preserved and protected the belief of the Muslims that the Qur'an is the speech of Allah, it is not created. And many, many examples through, through history, uh, all through history, Shaykh al-Islam ibn Taymi rahimahullah, and in our time, Shaykh al-Bani, Shaykh ibn Baz, um, and, and you know, from those who passed away, Shaykh Muqbil, and others, many others, um, because they spoke the truth against uh, the people of shirk and the khawarij, and the Sufis, and the Ikhwanis, and the Mu'tazila, the modernists, the rationalists, right? These people came out and they began to attack these scholars, right? And attacking the scholars, and the scholars obviously are from the awliya of Allah, they are from the pious friends of Allah, to attack, to attack the scholars, sometimes Allah may even leave a person and, you know, by way of istidraj, istidraj. Sometimes Allah does not punish a person straight away, but He gives him a rope and leaves him for a while to continue in his transgression, right? And then eventually, you know, he will he will basically uh, take him. So, obviously, the people of Tawheed, the people of Sunnah, and likewise their scholars amongst them, then, you know, the people who attack them and revile them and abuse them from, you know, these people of innovation and misguidance, then this is a threat and a promise to those types of people, right? To, uh, you know, attack these scholars, as the Shaykh says, that these are scholars, Right? That they protect, that 
the Muslims from innovations, from inventions, from misguidance, from from bid'ah, and you know this is this is their way. So that's the first benefit. First benefit is do not fall and do not attack and harm the servants of Allah. Otherwise, Allah announces a war. The second benefit is that. In the hadith, مَا تَقَرَّبَ إِلَيَّ عَبْدِي بِشَيْءٍ أَحَبَّ إِلَيَّ مِمَّا افْتَرَدْتُ عَلَيْهِ That my servant does not come close to me except by, that, except by that which I have made obligatory upon him. So this shows that this shows the obligation of preserving the obligations of Allah and the obligation of following the kitab and the sunnah and the greatest of what Allah has made obligatory upon His servants is Tawheed, to single out Allah in worship and to be sincere to Allah in one's deeds. And likewise, to make sure that in His, in his worship, He's following and imitating the Messenger of Allah wasallam, as opposed to innovations and things like that. And this is the right type of religion, the right type of worship, you know, which... Um, which, which is what brings him closer to Allah. The third and final benefit that the Shaykh mentions is we see at the end of the hadith, after it's mentioned that you come close to Allah by way of the obligations, first of all. And then after the obligations, if you do the nawafil and you are constant and remain upon the nawafil, then Allah will love you. Allah will love you. And when Allah loves you, there is a benefit that you obtain. What is that benefit? The benefit is, as we see in the hadith, Allah says, I become the hearing with which He hears, the seeing with which He sees, and the uh, hand with which He strikes, and the foot with which He walks. What does this actually mean? What is the meaning of these uh, statements here? The meaning is, as the Shaykh says, that this is the fruits of Allah loving His servant. When Allah loves His servant, these are from the fruits of that. And what what is it? The Shaykh says, فَإِنَّ اللَّهَ سُبْحَانُهُ تَعَالَىٰ يَحْفَظُهُ وَيُسَدِّدَهُ فِي أَقْوَالِهِ وَأَفْعَالِهِ It means that Allah will then protect him and safeguard him and put him aright in terms of his speech and his actions, right? It means that he will protect his hearing. So his hearing will only hear that which is pleasing to Allah. That's what it means. And his seeing will only be that which pleases Allah. That's what it means. And what his hands and what his feet do, it will only be that which pleases Allah. Right? This is the meaning of those statements. I become the hearing with which he sees. I become the seeing with which, uh, sorry, I become the hearing with which he hears. I become the seeing with which he sees. I become the hand with which he strikes. And I become the foot with which he walks. This is the meaning. There are servant in all of these limbs, limbs and faculties of hearing and seeing. They are, they remain within the pleasure of Allah Zawajal. Right, they remain within the confines of what pleases Allah Azza wa Jal, and they don't go beyond uh, the limits. So, um, 
so as the Sheikh says, حَتَّى تَكُونَ حَرَقَاتِهِ وَسَكَنَاتِهِ كُلَّهَا فِي مَرَضِيَ اللَّهِ Until his motions and his movements and when he pauses, so when he moves and when he is at rest, all of these are done in whatever pleases Allah. Subhanahu wa ta'ala. And there's a verse in the Quran which is similar in meaning. It is the statement of Allah Azza wa Jal, إِنَّ الَّذِينَ اتَّقَوْا إِذَا مَسَّهُمْ طَائِفٌ مِّنَ الشَّيْطَانِ تَذَكَّرُوا فَإِذَا هُمْ مُبِسِرُونَ Surah Al-A'raf, Surah 7, verse 201. Which means, indeed, those who have taqwa, those who fear Allah, right, who are pious and they, they fear Allah, they do the obligatory and they keep away from the prohibited. When something of the the, 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 the whisper or the incitement of shaitan touches them, right? So basically, an impulse to do something evil or to think about doing something evil or sinful, when it comes to them, تَذَكَّرُوا They remember. They remember. فَإِذَا هُمْ مُبْسِرُونَ And then immediately, they basically, they, they see a right. They, they quickly see and they realize that this is wrong and I shouldn't proceed upon this and they, they come back to right guidance. So the Sheikh says, whomever Allah is with, whomever Allah is with, then shaitan will never be able to misguide him and entice him completely and take him away from Allah completely. Right? Even if from time to time, a believer might fall into something, as the Sheikh says. Sometimes he might, out of you know being heedless or forgetful, or you know he falls into a slip or something like that. Okay, this happens to to to, to believers every now and then. Nevertheless, Allah Azawajal, from His mercy, He allows him to return back, you know, uh, to the truth and to remember. But Allah will not leave him as. You know, an opportunity for shaitan to play with him completely, take him to the left, take him to the right, you know, and misguide him until he completely forgets Allah Azawajal. This, Allah will not allow this to happen to a sincere, truthful believer. Right? Those who are misguided are the ones who weren't sincere. Those, the, those who, who, who eventually become misguided and abandon the path, and they fall into either innovation, misguidance, or sin and disobedience, it's because they were not holding on to the guidance tightly. Right? They weren't holding it tightly. They're holding it loosely. And they weren't really sincere. and Or they weren't really uh, determined. So when trials come to them, and they can't handle those trials, then you know it's easy for shaitan to lead them step by step until they, they are completely now gone off the path, you know, upon innovation or upon sin, disobedience, you know, uh, deceived by the world or whatever. But a believer who is like what we described, you know, he sticks to the wajib, sticks to the mustahab, and he holds firm, then yes, every now and then he might make a mistake, he might make a sin, he might fall into some weakness, right? But, you know, he remembers and he repents and he comes back. And so if a believer is like what is described in this hadith, right? He becomes loved by Allah, Allah will never allow this person to be misguided by shaitan completely. The shaykh mentions the hadith, تَعَرَّفْ إِلَى اللَّهِ فِي الرَّخَاءِ 
يَعْرِفُكَ فِي الشِّدَّةِ If you acknowledge Allah in times of plenty and ease, Allah will acknowledge you or know you in times of hardship. Right? So, you know, if, if you, when there's no hardship in your life, there's no calamity in your life, there's no anxiety or stress, there's plenty, your food is coming to you, you have a home, you know, there's a roof over your head, you, you're living in safety, you're enjoying the blessings. If you remember Allah then and are grateful to Him in that scenario, then when a calamity or a hardship comes to you, Allah will then remember you and aid you in that situation. So as the Sheikh says, فَمَنْ كَانَ مَعَ اللَّهِ كَانَ اللَّهُ مَعَهُ Whoever is with Allah, Allah will be with him. And whoever is with Allah, when there is plenty and ease and favor, you know, bounties, then Allah will be with him. فِي كُلِّ ضَيِّقٍ وَشِدَّةٍ Allah will be with him in every calamity and, and hardship and severity. Right? So um, he will not leave him. Uh, rather, he will bring him mercy, uh, which will remove him from his calamity and hardship and make his affairs easy for him. So this is the end of what the Shaykh has said uh, on, on, on this hadith. Again, mighty hadith, there are so many benefits, but these are just three quick uh, benefits that the Shaykh mentioned in his very brief uh, lecture. And so we'll come to a close for today's lesson, inshallah ta'ala. And the next lesson, the next lecture, brief lecture, is a very important one as well. Uh, it is Al-Hath. Which is making use of one's time, of one's life and one's time in doing the righteous, praiseworthy deeds. Right? Meaning using your time wisely to earn and acquire righteous deeds. So that will be the next lecture that we'll go through uh, in the next lesson, inshallah ta'ala. And with that we'll conclude. Walhamdulillahi rabbil alameen. Wa sallallahu ala nabina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in. Thank you.